0: What's up, internet? Hope you're all doing well. What's that? Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that, but trust me, it'll fucking work out because I said so, and I'm an idiot in a shed, and I said so. Welcome to Whisp Me Away Part 2 Celtic Myth Random Guy in a Shed. You've heard all this before, probably, because who starts listening to a podcast partway through other than me? So, today we're going to do another few creatures of Celtic folklore. You know, this time we're going to talk about a Dullahan, uh, a Fomorian, which d players will probably recognise, and a couple of others, Fairies, they're quite a big one in Celtic folklore, so I'm just going to give you a brief rundown of them today, probably give them something else another time. Fomorian will probably come up again at some point some point as well, like in a D&D episode, stuff like that. So, that being said, and I always start with that being said, Drums! So we're going to just jump straight into this, I suppose, now that the intro music has passed. The first thing we're going to talk about today is the mythical creature, the thing I'm trying to remember, the doulahan or the headless horseman, if you will. Quite big uh, in Irish folklore, in English folklore, in just Celtic folklore in general. Usually they're male, but there are sometimes females, and they've even been featured in Japanese media in the anime Darurra. Derby Derby Durr Don't I I don't know who names this shit. And um, yeah, that basically the whole premise of that show is about a Doolahan. It's a lady one who is Irish who goes to America. America, sorry, Japan, for reasons I can't quite remember. I haven't watched it in quite a few years and I didn't even finish all of it if I'm honest. Wasn't my favourite show, unfortunately. So the general idea and uh, appearance of a Doolahan is it's a headless rider, generally on a black horse, and again, generally male, but the, you know there's female versions. They tended to ride around, basically being dickheads. So any sort of legend you have of the headless horseman or a similar kind of deal is normally based on the Doolahan. Now some stories and folklores and all that. Lovely things that I try desperately to remember in preparation for these uh, said that Adulahan is the embodiment of the Celtic god Crom Dub, which I'm definitely mispronouncing because these things are hard to pronounce and I just anglicise everything to make it easy for myself. Now, it's also said sometimes they were known to ride a wagon, as some again legends of the Headless horsemen from English folklore do, however. In difference to English folklore and Irish folklore and in the traditional Celtic versions they were known to carry a, a whip made out of a human spine which I can only imagine would be at least relatively unpleasant to get whipped by so that's a thing now there's so many stories and so many sort of folk tales and laws and mythoses about headless horseman figures. It's all over the show, so I'm not going to talk about any specific stories about that. I'm just making you aware. Hey guys, the headless horseman. It's actually Irish, it's based on some shit. Lots of things have been based on this. Apparently, if you throw some gold at it, it dies, or at least protects you from it. Because one thing they do do, do <laughs> do, is when the rider stops riding and calls out someone's name, they die immediately. Just drop dead. Like that. Because apparently it'll just eat your soul. Unless you throw some gold at it. So guys, if you ever see a headless horseman coming at you, run, no, throw some gold at it. Why you carry gold in your pockets is beyond me in this modern age, but you never know. So the next one we're going to talk about now is Fomorians, which... Anyone who plays tabletop games like Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder, specifically sort of the more fantasy-esque ones, you'll know what a Femorian is. It's a large giant with an evil eye that casts magic while being as big and strong as a giant. It's a, within D&D, there are cursed species of giants that are just corrupted. This shares very few to zero similarities with the traditional folklore to the point where I don't know why it's called a Femorian. Um, well, at least from my reading, I'm not an encyclopedia, there's probably things I have missed along the way, because I just kind of get enough notes to do a brief four or five minute talk about each thing for these sections while I ramble on. So the actual Femorian, as has been depicted to us, is not a giant evil corrupted being with one good eye and one evil eye that will uh, banish you to the nether realm or paralyze you within the actual um old and middle irish folklore i'm not going to say what they're pronounced as because i can't say it but i'm just going to call it Fomorian. they were depicted and described as being malevolent spirits that lived underwater in the dark places in the world where man could not tread later in the in the mythologies they were portrayed as sea raiders and i choose to believe and i think this is the wildly accepted belief that was because the vikings um chose to raid ireland Uh, notably i think ivar the boneless raided ireland at some point in his life yeah britain kind of got absolutely fisted by those bastards but hey shit happens now as much as they're always portrayed as monstrous beings they are said to have had the body of a man and the head of a goat according to some authors and some people who wrote this shit and although some have one eye, one arm, one leg, one toe, one wing you know again it's never really portrayed how us D&D fans have seen it before now they do appear in a few uh, legendary stories most notably one of my favourite folk heroes of all time is uh, Coo Cullen or the Dog of Cullen who's a kind of the... I would say he's the original framework for sort of your barbaric warrior. So I think your Conan-style character. But he's going to get his own thing. It's going to be great. He's one of my favourite folk heroes. And he legendarily fought three of them and beat them all because they were bastards and done his own thing. So there's... So many tales about how when Ireland was settled they had to do battle with Fomorians and they were defeated, then came back and beat them and came back and there was a plague and there's a lot of stories about them they're very prominent in specifically Irish mythology, although they similar things do appear, so the Jotunar of Norse mythology is quite similar the titans so again as much as these things are portrayed as giants in their various mythoses, so like I just said, the Norse and Greek ones, as much as they're giants, the Fomorians are more monstrous. So where we see the Jotnar in Norse mythology, they tend to be more human-esque, but sometimes be gruesome, so we've obviously got one of them which has a thousand heads allegedly, but quite a lot of them are portrayed as just being big people, essentially. Or in the Greek mythology with the Titans that I just mentioned, a few of them appear very humanoid, some of them are freakish, whereas with the Fomorians, 90% of them were freakish, but also known to be weirdly attractive to some people. I mean, I don't get that myself, but that's a good example of where something has been, insp- like say with D&D, it's been inspired by folklore and history, but has kind of run away with it and done their own thing, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's the same with a lot of sort of different medias. You get inspired by folklores and mythologies. I mean, look at Final Fantasy, for instance. They take everything. I mean, the spear, the gay bulge that Dragoons have a lot of the time, is from the legend of Ku And when they have Excalibur, that's obviously from the Arthurian legends. So, nothing wrong with taking inspiration from things. I just find it a bit weird that with Dungeon Dragons, they kind of. This left you with a little whiff of what it once was, but not so much. As if they'd read one specific story and gone, that's what they were like. Where in my reading and my research coming up to this, I found they're more, more akin to demons or fiendish creatures or even spirits, more than they are close to giants. But, you know, that is what it is. Like I said, inspiration, blah, 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 roll D8. And... We're going to move away from Fomorians now because they've had their time. So short, <sniffs> concise makes a change. And we're going to move on to gorta I mispronounced that, but it sounded nice. And those are kind of the Celtic, again Irish. A lot of these myths are Irish because their culture and their general culture, yeah, there's not really a way to put it, was generally unchanged for so, so long because they were just unconquerable bastards for so long. So, for instance, give I'll give you the example of the English had their own folk stories and folklores and then the Romans came and conquered most of it. The Scottish had their own, but they went through a whole um, transition from, I can't remember what it was called. So I just had to go uh, double check what it was called so I make a fool of myself used to be called Alba although as their history progressed and different governments and rulers came into play the name of the land changed as it expanded and shrunk but they never were conquered by pretty much any major force until later on by the British and then we had some wars of them so as much as they did change they still maintained a national heritage and a national uh, storytelling tradition And that's why there's a lot of crossover with Scottish and Irish, is because of that. So there's even a legend where Coo Cullen, the legendary Irish hero, trained in Scotland before it was Scotland. But I'm going to keep calling it Scotland, because then you know what I'm talking about. Because if I start saying Alba, you might get confused. So I went on a tangent there, and I'm going to move on and talk about Fear Gorta like I said we would. Now, some of you might recognise that name from the popular video game Kingdoms of Amalur the Reckoning. Uh, which I really enjoy that game. There's... I didn't realise until not long ago there's quite a lot of overlap in that game with Celtic folklore. More than probably 99% of games that take inspiration from ancient cultures and ancient mythoses. Like, with the um, Tuatha, for instance, that is a, um old Scottish folklore for one of the fairy houses, and... Things like that, even the idea of these uh, mystical creatures having houses that have different things about them. So there's a house of storytelling, a house of, you know, there's an evil one, there's a good one, there's a mischievous one, there's a bitter one. That came from Celtic mythology, which I found really interesting when I found it. And I was like, ah, well, well done, whichever game company made this, because I think they went out of business a few years ago. But Sophia Gorta... They're essentially the Celtic equivalent to an an undead zombie. They tend to appear in the form of a um i can't pronounce this word I need to use it emaciated or starving basically um it, it just the worst you could look anorexic to fifty and they tended to walk the earth during times of starvation and famine and just horrible, horrible times, and in some folklore they were seeking alms, alms, however you want to pronounce it, here's the thing, I see a lot of words in written word that I just don't know how to pronounce uh, physically, I should probably work on that, but I'm not going to, so <laughs> Tony anyone who thinks I should, and yeah, they they were either a source of good luck, or a source of... Horrible, great famines. So obviously, the Great Irish Famine, big piece of history in the, the 18-somethings. Uh, you know, fear, fear got to responsible. Or if you gave them alms, you could be you know, rewarded with good fortune in life. Which, you know, we could all use a bit of good fortune now and then, guys. Now, this is one of those things that doesn't have a lot of cultural overlap or even a lot of stories about it. Because, again, much like the Selkie... I think it was the Selkie I did last time. The Selkie of last time, it's more of a a player in other people's stories. So, the same way a zombie is in a in a movie, a zombie is just a bit part compared to the hero. So, it's the same with the Fiyagorta. They're just a bit part in greater tales. However, they do have some legends where... A sudden hunger would seize people and they'd starve to death immediately if they don't eat straight away. I was going to look back and think for a minute of... Remember, you know, a lot of these folk stories are inspired and were created by events that happened. And because Fear got was so quick, I'm going to take a minute to talk about that. Sometimes what I like to do is I like to read these stories and or listen to these stories. So I'm listening to a uh, show or a podcast or something. And I like to think why did they think that was a thing? What happened to cause this? So I genuinely think it was literally just they saw starving people and then because there was already a famine going on as time went by the sort of like the religious caste and the sort of higher up people that would be literate were also became victims of this famine just later. So like, ah, these people that look like evil spirits they're the cause of this. So... Yeah, that's something I like to do. I like to read these mythologies and try and logic it out and ruin it for myself and destroy a little bit more wonder from the world I live in. But that is where it is. We've all got our weird hobbies, let's face it. So for the last uh, creature we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about fairies. And we ain't talking Tinkerbell up in this motherfucker. So fairies are huge in Celtic folklore. They are massive they are everywhere everything is a fucking fairy but not necessarily everything is a fairy if that makes any sense whatsoever no it didn't but whatever so depending on whose individual folklore you read you get different information so with scottish they had this sort of houses system where some of them were mischievous pranksters who were generally kind of bastards or they were just pure evil and want to do you harm whereas some others they brought you fortune in exchange for a deal they're kind of almost treated like angels and devils in a lot of these faiths that were obviously before christianity where angels and devils were the sort of big thing um that in christianity they did exist in the early periods specifically during um, the roman transition from their faith of jupiter and mars into christianity and that started to spread all over the place. So they actually viewed this legend as oh, they were just demoted angels or fallen angels. Well, that's, that's not the case you bastards, we were here first. But they were also present in different uh, folklores and myths. So just to list them, off the interwebs we got Celtic, Slavic, German, English, French and a myriad of others across the world. Everyone has their version of fairies. And... Before, like, medicine and science were a thing, people used to blame them for fucking everything. Oh, what's what's that? You coughed? Ah, fairies did it, mate. Oh, what's that? You stubbed your toe? Fucking fairies. Oh, you won the lottery? Fairies, mate. So, yeah. So, within Scottish folklore, as I said, they were divided into courts or houses, if you prefer. So, the Seelie Court, which were kind of bastards, but they they were a bit more chill and the unseelie court, which were proper bastards who wanted to murder you. Now, the seely, they would they'd try and help you. They'd be the ones that will do you a favour in exchange. So, with a bit of human kindness, they'd be like, Ah, do you know what, mate? You're all right. But if you offered them offence, they'd be like, You're fucked. Whereas the unseelie were more like the equivalent of a, a demon or a devil, if you will. And they just wanted to fuck with you, as a as a group, as individually. You know, they were said to appear at night and assault people, beating them, forcing them to commit crimes on their behalf. And they were closely tied with a lot of the. Um, the the mythos of witches, um, specifically in mentioning Scotland again, and these had huge variety. They're going to get their own episode someday. I'm going to write a list of everything that I need to return to someday and go. I did promise them that as well. Yeah, <laughs> shit, and it's going to be a problem one day when I start forgetting things I've done and said. But they were, they were, for the most part, those that were not unseelie bastards. They were just mischievous more than anything. They'd like you know throw eggs at you. Nothing that will do you permanent harm. Just stuff that would irritate the fuck out of you. And they look like how fairies do. They're, they're little fly things with wings, or they're big scary things with wings, or they're a absolute monster with no wings. Or again, it's a diverse term uh, within different mythos and mythologies. But that's all we've got today. Because, like I said, this is going to be a short one. I'm going to start doing these on uh, Sundays. Probably a little short one, then the main one on Wednesday. So it gives me a few days to get my shit together and figure some stuff out. I'm not going to do the news segment or the D&D story segment. Because, yeah, why not? But, however, I've got news, guys. Fucking news. We've got more trailers for The Witcher Season 2. And I'm so excited. We've seen, um, who's that geezer? Only plays of Giants Bane in Game of Thrones. He's in it as um, as a novellon. the geezer from The Last Wish story, where it's all like beauty and the beast themed and we've we've seen some stuff of him in it and it looks fucking awesome and I'm so excited and I hope you're all excited and I'll see you next time, guys. Have a good whatever it is you're doing this week. Sincerely, have a good one. Ta.